Hey guys, how you doing? It's Brad Roth with ATREpodcast.com, all things real estate. I've been in the real estate business since 1998. So I started this podcast to give agents, buyers, sellers a place to go and a place to get information. I am so excited to introduce my next guest. Dan Roshan is a real estate agent that lives in Clifton, Virginia. Now, he lives with his wife, Tracy, and daughter, Maggie. He owns and runs the Greetings Virginia Sales Network at greetingsvirginia.com. Dan enjoys spending time with his family, going to the gym, riding his bicycle. He enjoys racing in triathlons. He reads, he writes, he does improv. Dan is a veteran of the United States Army, a frequent speaker, and often quoted about the real estate market. He has been featured on the Nightly News with Brian Williams, the Today Show, and CNBC. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for welcoming me. It's a pleasure. I studied improv as well. What kind of improv do you do? And, and are you an actor? If you may be familiar with a gentleman in New York City who wrote a book, and I'm completely blanking on his book, yet I'm sure that your listeners will know exactly who I'm talking about because he's on uh, like those A&E shows, et cetera. And in his book, he recommended for real estate agents to take improv. And I actually shared that book with my team. And then, of course, my team had said, hey, Dan, let's do improv. And it's something that I was grateful to do because this, you know, has the philosophy of yes and. Basically, you say yes to whatever's thrown in front of you, you just go yes and. And that's a skill that as a real estate agent, we're often confronted with things that might be a little bit unusual. We may not have dealt with it in the past and having that be quick with it and just roll with it has been useful. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes. I've done a lot of improv in my life. I studied it for years with Richard Brander. We did the Meisner Technique. It's a phenomenal thing for a real estate agent. I did it for acting. That, along with my psychology training, has really been beneficial. So, Dan, you sell over in uh, the West Virginia area, Washington, D.C., Clifton. Is, is that pretty much your primary uh, focus? Northern Virginia, not West Virginia. Excuse me. Northern Virginia. Yeah, that's okay. I right outside. Say, Country mama, take me home. West Virginia. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> They're right outside Washington, D.C. That's excellent. How's the market over there? It's thriving. Yeah, I primarily work with sellers, so I'm grateful for the market that we're in right now. The buyer's agents that I work with are not as grateful because, uh, you know, there's a lack of inventory right now. It's amazing how limited the inventory is. Um, I interview real estate agents from all over the country, and we're all pretty much in the same boat. I'm a listing agent as well, and everything is selling for about a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars over list price, especially in Los Angeles, where I'm based. It's been a great market. Were you a little nervous with COVID when it first started? Uh, how'd you pivot? I was a lot nervous with COVID. Thank you. Me too. Not a little nervous, no. So March of 2020, we were all hands on deck. First thing we did was cut our expenses. Yeah, and our expenses are still down, right? Like it's been a blessing from a business perspective. I wish that we weren't experiencing this, right? If I had a choice, we wouldn't be yet. It forced me to take business decisions that were healthy. We cut expenses. We doubled down on our triple down, quadruple down on our lead generation activities. And we haven't let up yet. And my expenses are still down as well. So taking those actions, I think it's healthy to have that in any market. Yet sometimes when there's uncertainty, that's when you're like, oh goodness, let me take care of some things here. And where do you see the market headed in 2021? Well, I really see two markets, you know, so I could talk specifically to the Northern Virginia area, uh, which I think is going to be pretty common across the country. You have the higher level inventory, the higher level priced homes, 
and then a lower priced home. So the higher priced homes haven't been impacted at all throughout the pandemic. Their prices actually have escalated. It's the lower priced homes that I believe are going to have the unfortunate outcome of perhaps declining in prices. And I think that that's going to be as a cause of if you're looking at who is going to purchase those, it's typically going to be service workers. It's going to be people that were most affected by the pandemic. It's going to be lower wage earners. And many of them are forbearances today. That's right. Those forbearances at some point will cease. And when that occurs, if they're still struggling in their professions and their employment, then they're going to struggle to pay their mortgage. And that's going to impact the lower priced inventory. I tend to agree. Where, where do you get most of your clients from, Dan? Well, I've been selling since 2007. You know, I say when you get started in real estate sales, it's like swinging a, a swivel or a pendulum. And at some point, that pendulum just keeps swinging and swinging and you have momentum. You're still a rookie, by the way. I know you've been I, since 1999 or 98, 98, right? But you started, at the, you thought everything was rosy and went, fume. <laughs> no, I started when it went fume. I started in 2007. Yeah, both. It was fume already. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, in 2007, I still had a pretty good year, but then 2008 on for a little while, it was rough. So we get about a third of our business from our sphere of influence, yep. from uh, referrals, past clients. About a third of our business comes from the internet and about a third of our business comes from for sale by owners, expires, absentee owners, circle prospecting, that type of stuff. So you're just getting on the phone, are you doing a, using a three-line dialer or just getting on, what do, what do you do? When I was doing it myself, I, do, I would do the three-line dialer just because I'm impatient. I just want to be on the phone. I got you, man. <laughs> so we just pause on Mojo primarily because I'm realizing that we have a lot of opportunity within our database already. And so what we're doing now is we're just mining what's already there and cultivating what's already there and reconnecting. I'm fortunate I've got a team of inside sales agents that I work with, you know, so their job is really more converting than adding to the pipeline because we really can't get to everything that's already in the pipeline. Good for you. That's great. You got a lot of business. Dan, let me ask you, what's an average morning for you? I'm the guy that you want to hate, right? The guy that's like, how can that guy get up at 4.30 in the morning? I'm that guy. I haven't always been that guy. I used to go to bed at 4.30 when I was in my 20s. And now I'm in my later 40s. And now I'm getting up at 4.30. I don't do all the Miracle Morning stuff. I do two or three this morning. I got in, let's see, I read, I exercised, and uh, I did a little bit of journaling. Oh, you know what? I also read my daughter. She's 10 years old. Uh, she writes these little notes to me about once a year and I have them on my desk behind me. So I started my day after I did all that and I was getting ready to start working and I read two of those letters from my daughter uh, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. <laughs> I wish I could turn back time. So that that's interesting. So you do that and then you, well, you probably don't go in the office. You're working from home? I do go in the office. The office is what about 16 stairs below my living area. I'm very disciplined in regards to the way that I approach my business. I start my work a day every morning at 8.30. And for the first hour, there's meetings with the team. And then from 9.30 to noon, there's lead generation from noon to one. If my daughter's at home, it's scheduled to have lunch with her. She started going back to school now. Uh, and then from one to six, there's appointments, follow-up, meetings like this. And that's a pretty typical day. I treat the 8.30 though, I treat it like I'm punching a clock. Good. It could be 8.29 and I've like, I got like struggling to get a coffee and my wife's like, you know, slowing me down. I'm like, sweetie, I gotta get to work. Right. I got one minute to be there. I gotta get to work. Yes. I, I literally treat it like a job. So I was reading up about you a bit, and uh, I think you and I have similar temperaments and personalities, and I live by a motto, have an attitude of gratitude. 
And that was my dad's motto, and I took it from him and, and really have ran with it. And I know that you like to teach a lot and you like to talk a lot about having empathy. And uh, I think a lot of people don't put themselves in other people's shoes and really realize what that person's walking in. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. There's two things there that are really, really important. For 10 years, I just mentioned that I've got a 10-year-old daughter. And every morning when she goes to school, the last thing I say to her, I say, sweetie, today I want you to have the best day of your life. I want you to help somebody else. I want you to make good choices. And I want you to be grateful. That's wonderful. And it's that gratitude right there, because we know that gratitude and a negative energy, a negative thought, a negative spirit, emotion cannot coexist. That's right. So if something happens in your life that's unfortunate and you seek to find the learning opportunity, then you can say, you know what? I'm really grateful that I'm experiencing this today so that I can choose to never, ever, ever experience it the rest that's of my right. life. That's right. Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't suck. It doesn't mean that it's not uncomfortable. That doesn't mean I'm not taking that away. It's just instead of looking at the, oh, this is horrible. What can I learn look, from it? And being grateful and say, hey, I'm glad I'm learning this in real time. That's the gratitude side of it. The empathy side of it, you know, when you look at basic communication, now this works with in sales, this works as a buyer's agent, a listing agent. It works in life though. It works with your relationship with your spouse, your wife, your partner, your husband. It's about being in rapport and then asking adept questions and then actively listening. And when you follow that pattern of communication, what you'll find is that you'll be able to observe another person's experience. And this is different than what do I think that Brad is feeling right now? That's different than what is he experiencing right now? So that I can even intend to remove my lens, my experiences, my already pre-existing thoughts about how other people act, behave, and think, and really, truly get into another person's world. And when I get into another person's world, that's where empathy occurs. That's wonderful, Dan. I mean, just the listening part alone, so many people forget. I'm a sales coach as well. And one of the things I do teach is how to find your authentic self and be true to yourself and how to be true to others. And listening, like you said, really putting yourself in someone else's shoes and really trying to figure out what's going to help that person, not yourself, but them, I think will separate a normal real estate agent from a superstar. I agree wholeheartedly. And so I wrote a book, Real Estate Evolution. And in the book, I share with readers a story about a guy that goes in and looks for a two-bedroom, one-bathroom condo. And the average agent is going to go and find them a two-bedroom, one-bathroom condo. The top agent is going to really deeply seek to understand the reason why he wants the, uh, that two-bedroom, <laughs> one-bathroom condo. And you may find through your rapport, your, your in-depth questions, and you're actively listening, you may find that ultimately he shares, well, I just got divorced. Well, I've got a 12-year-old daughter or 12-year-old boy, and I want to be close to them. And because I don't want to be a bad dad, I don't want to be a failure, right? I don't want to be unworthy. You're not going to get there with every single client. If you intend to get there with every single client, yeah. it will make you a much better real estate agent. Because if you think about how can you help that single dad who's newly divorced, how can you help him obtain his goals? You're going to be able to give a far greater service than just finding a two better one bath kind of. Not only ask questions, but ask the right questions, figure out for either the strategy for each client. And you can help understand and identify what their needs are and can give them suggestions that maybe they didn't think about that will actually put them in a better position. If you struggle with what question to ask, you could just simply ask a question such as, what is important to you? And then you can follow that up with, tell me more about that. Dig two or three or four levels deep 
that is where you get to the what's real because the surface level of what's important to you is not truly going to be what's important to you. That, that's great. Tell me more is wonderful. So, so if you were Marty from Back to the Future. Hey, all right. Hey, Marty. You had to jump back in that DeLorean and, yes, to, and give young Dan some advice about real estate or life or whatever you want. What kind of advice would you give young Dan? <laughs> I would say you are worthy. That's you are worthy to be able to achieve your goals, achieve your dreams, your ambitions, and you're safe to take action and to take massive action. You can do this. Yeah. I would say to young Dan, the real estate agent, I got half of it right. So young Dan as a real estate agent understood that lead generation is the foundation of business. So we're all in the lead generation business, specialized in real estate sales. What young Dan, the real estate agent overlooked was the next piece of that, which was the organization building. Because I thought that if I was to generate a ton of business and I could just find a, a bunch of people to work with me and I could feed them all day long. What I failed to recognize was that I wasn't attracting the right people to me. If I was to go backwards, I would spend probably about 80% of my time generating business and about 20% of my time generating relationships with the right people. Very important. That's gigantic though. And then flip-flop that through your career. Yeah, yeah. Where I am today is I spend more time looking for the right relationships than I that's, do looking for listings. That's huge, don't you think? Relationship building. Our business is built on relationships and on trust. And it's not just relationships about clients. It's relationships with people that you're right. in business with. It's, that, it's that's exactly all relationships. With respect, uh, one of my podcasts I did was a whole thing on treating other agents with respect because you know I'll be doing deals and I'll have multiple offers and I'll get an agent that will call me every time at the end and say, you mother effer, blah, 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 why didn't you pick me? And I go, hey, not only did I not pick you now, but I'm never ever gonna pick you again. You'll never sell one of my listings. How does that make you feel? And they say, well, you have to. And I say, I don't, because my clients value my opinion. And my opinion of you isn't great because you just called me every name in the book rather than ask me why. I thought I was the only one that got those calls. Yeah, I get them all. <laughs> Dan, what advice would you give to a new agent who's struggling in the business right now? What can you tell these guys? So there's about 15 different ways you can get business. And some of them are going to appeal to you and some of them will not. You don't have a choice to not do one of them. However, you don't have to do the other 14. So my advice to you is not only find out what works, but find out what you enjoy. If you're a relational type person, it's probably going to be open houses. If you're a dominant person, it might be calling expires. Those two behaviors typically do not overlap. So figure out what is it that you love to do to be able to find business. Make sure that you focus on that first. Make sure you focus on that every single day, even if it's one hour a day. A lot of coaches say three hours a day. That's what I've done for years and years. I'd rather see you do one hour a day every single day of the week so you have consistency right. and commit to three and only and then fall short of that. Do the activity of looking for that business of the thing that you're passionate about, that you enjoy doing, and then do that on steroids. So you're a big believer in finding what works for you and then double, triple. Okay, yes. Yeah, I am too. One more thing on that is you want to find something that's going to be a short-term lead generation strategy. And another thing that's a long-term lead generation strategy, because the short-term you got to eat now, the long-term, that's what's going to put a moat around your business. That's right. That's typically going to be your sphere of influence to, yep. to cultivate them and to systematically. Those are, uh, those are long-term gains right there. That's yes. Smart. Dan, let me ask you, if I contacted one of your clients, what do you think they like best about you? One of the things that's really important to me is my vision for my company, Greetings Virginia Sales Network, to be omnipresent in regards to real estate sales in the DMV area, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia, 
and to exceed expectations. Whose expectations? Well, first is the clients, then it's each other's, then it's the cooperating brokers, it's our families, and then ultimately it's ourselves. So as a piece of exceeding expectations, we embrace the philosophy of over-communication. So I do not believe that you could communicate too much with a client. And so what a client would say about working with me is that that dude was telling me what was going on every single step of the way. He ignored me. It was like, stop telling me what's going on. I'll take that complaint every single day. Trust me. Dan, you and I are really similar. My clients get withdrawals after the transaction because they're used to talking to me every day. I don't care if I've got 10 transactions. I'll call every client every day because I know just hearing my voice. And this is what I try to teach, especially new agents or agents that are trying to get themselves over that hump is it doesn't matter what the problem during an escrow is. It's never as big of a deal if you've been keeping in contact with them and they appreciate it. When you don't communicate, that's when they start looking for evidence of something goes wrong. Little tiny things. Yeah. Dan, so this is a nationwide podcast. We're on YouTube as well as, you know, every podcast platform you can get on. And I'm really big on trying to help the agents that are on my podcast. So if one of my listeners wanted to get a hold of you, maybe buy some investment property out there, or they're moving to DC or Virginia, maybe there's an agent who wants to refer a client. What's the best way for a prospective buyer, seller, agent to get a hold of you? Well, for those that do refer a client, I want to promise you right now that we will treat them like gold. We will update you frequently. And most importantly, we'll make you look good. You can find me by visiting www.danroshan.com. That's R-O-C-H-O-N. So that's danroshan.com. And from there, you can find all the resources for coaching for agents, for consumers, for buyers, for sellers, et cetera. We're going to have to uh, collaborate and do a little coaching together. Love to. It'll be a lot of fun. So many of my personal listeners have become my coaching clients. And if anyone on here would also like to be a coaching client, they should go to atrepodcast.com. That's www.atrepodcast.com. You'll also be able to pull up some more Dan's information on there. And I really appreciate you being here today, Dan. It's, uh, it's been a blast and got some great information from you. It's my pleasure. And that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, many of my podcast listeners have become my coaching clients. If you'd like to be a coaching client, go to my website at www.atrepodcast.com and sign up for your free 30-minute coaching evaluation at www.atrepodcast.com. And as my dad would always say, have an attitude of gratitude.